Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going? Yeah, happy to be here as always. And, you know, we don't always get to hear the intro music, depending on how we record and all that, but we got to hear it. And folks, it's a banger. It starts off live and it makes the episode a lot more fun at the beginning. We got a fun one, though. Today, we're going to be breaking down Revenant in the latest edition of Mastering the Legends and covering some news. Before we do any of that, though, make sure you join us on Discord to chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates faster than pretty much any other platform. Link for joining is going to be in the description below. If you want to help continue the third party, please consider joining our Patreon. You can get a ton of different benefits from ad-free listening, exclusive merch, gaming sessions with us, and much, much more. We really appreciate all of our patrons uh, and the support they give to us, and we'd love to have you there. It would be great to see you over on the Patreon. It's always a good time chatting with the patrons who get their own exclusive Discord channel as well can add us at any moment with that though we got a fun little announcement we're gonna start off with a little drum roll we are hosting a wireless headphones giveaway go check out our instagram for the details on how to enter uh, but it's a great opportunity it's a great pair i've tested it out myself and uh, i hope uh good luck to the winner Dude, I mean, you showed them to me. They got the nice carbon fiber look, yep. as you were saying. They look clean, and it's going to be a good time. So make sure you check us out on Instagram at Third Party Pod to go check out what's going on over there. And with that, though, uh, let's dive into the news. First piece of news, the Genesis event is now over, and we are no longer on the old maps. Let's just, for a little bit here, recap what our thoughts were on the throwback event overall and playing on those older maps do you miss them already hp i miss them already it, it was such a blast you know i i wasn't really looking forward to it i was like you know what i'm a grinder i don't need the mm -hmm. new maps but it's been legitimately forever and yeah. as soon as we got a couple games in uh, on both king's canyon and the original world's edge man it, it was awesome and before the show and our pre-show for the patrons, we were talking about just how much we were frying lobbies because mm -hmm. we had the game sense and we knew the map so well. It was it was ridiculous. It's been some of the best Apex Henry and I have played in a long time. Dude, I had one moment though with this old map where I was on World's Edge and I was like, we were fighting at the, the train yard right outside Classic. the city, not in city. Um, and the unnamed train yard. And I'm like, we got to fall back. We got fried. Fall back in the survey camp. And I sprint to survey camp. And then I realize survey camp is not there. <laughs> <laughs> There's no cover. And I just Ouch. told the entire team to move into a wide open area to just get absolutely sniped. So there yeah. were definitely some of those moments. But I'm going to miss those maps. It was fun to have them back for a limited time, though, for sure. And I hope, I hope we do something like this again. It's really cool. Yeah, and that story just plays into the fact that the maps have improved. You know, there's more totally. loot, there's more cover, there's everything has been improved across the board. And so, although it was very fun to go back, um, I think it's onwards and upwards from here. No doubt about it. Next piece of news, the Thrill Seeker event is now live. We have a new arenas map, Overflow. The new arenas map is meant to be a more lane-focused map than previous arenas maps. And they have an emphasis on short to mid-range combat. I know I've gotten the queue into it. We've had some issues getting it bugged up a little bit. So you didn't get a chance to get into it at all, you've been telling me. Not yet. Do you have any impressions based off maybe the photos that were leaked up first? It looks so cool. Yeah. I, I love the look. Beautiful. Having to be on World's Edge with the lava, I, I think it's a great look for an arena's map. Yeah, I got to play two games on it, so we're not coming at you from a very expert uh, opinion yet on this one. We'll probably give you guys a better deep dive into this uh, in the next couple of weeks. It was really fun, though, and it is a great, great-looking map. It plays much differently than anything we've played before from my initial impressions, and I think it's going to be a cool mix-up. Uh, two dubs, though, so you know oh, I'm yeah? defeated on the map right now. We'll, we'll, it must be good. I'll, 
It must be good. Exactly. Uh, some other stuff going on with this event. We have a rewards track, which is separated over in the next three weeks and includes Apex packs, a devotion skin, Rampart, Bang, skins, as well as some weapon charms. Some good stuff in there for sure. Also, limited cosmetics are going to be on sale, including the summer splash sale event which gets some great deals on apex packs if that's your thing really cool gibby mirage pathfinder and rev skins that are new to the shop as well as the return of young blood and Voidwalker being some of the two highlights of this event i'm in love with the gibby skin dude are did you just get to see it are you going to cop it at all i know you're not a yeah. big money spender on the game but yeah. is this one against you there's some pretty good skins out there for sure i just think it's interesting that the Devotion and Rampart are just getting so much love this season. Totally. Like Battle Pass skins for both of them, now event skins. Like, I don't know how they got their way to the top, but I guess they're the most popular nowadays. Love it. Hey, we're big Rampart fans over yeah. at the third party pod. So I actually turbocharged Devo game this morning. I got the level 100 on the Battle Pass. So I was like, we got to do this. And it looked fantastic in game. No doubt about it. Next piece of news, cross-progression update coming from Chad Grenier, game director of Apex. It's still in development, but progress has been slowed by the Apex and Titanfall hacks, unfortunately. We've talked about it a bunch, but uh, you guys know that we are beyond looking forward to cross-progression coming to the game. Yeah, big piece of news. Next piece of news, there's some new lore comics that have been posted to that. Play Apex Twitter. It's a continuation of the in-game comics, so we're not going to talk too much about it. No spoilers. Go check it out and just know that there are going to be more comics continued following the storyline in-game on the Twitter. Just be aware. It's something that is a must, must know if you're a lore fan. Next piece of news, Eva 8 Nerf is likely coming via our friend John Larson went on a podcast and said he would not be surprised to see something come in the future for that weapon. What were your thoughts maybe on some Eva 8 Nerfs coming to the game? I know we just covered shotguns last week. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. I mean, based on the numbers we discussed and the just different use cases, it is incredibly overpowered relative to the other shotguns. Um, the damage is just outrageous so i think any amount of tweak would definitely be appropriate uh, to bring the eva in line let's do it last piece of news a couple fun pieces of information coming from the first part of ea play which will be continued on the 22nd uh, chad grenier confirmed that the next legend is going to be male the head of respawn vincent pella stated that the titanfall and apex universe is something that we're building on and have big plans for in the future let's not get too excited about that oh, one yep uh, dude i mean does that mean titanfall 3 does that mean just something more apex like you can't go wrong <laughs> with this universe essentially uh also it should be noted uh it was kind of fun piece of information we could have assumed but it was interesting to hear that new maps take roughly a year and a half to build out for apex uh, I didn't do the math on where that might put us, though, in the time frame. We never know when they start on the new ones. But I think it's important to note how much effort and time is put into this game for making incredibly looking maps that then get updated at an incredible frequency. Yeah, I mean, it's staggering how long it takes in order to build out uh, in-game maps and even the legends uh, that we learned from this EA uh, play bit of interview. But it's incredible, you know, and hopefully all that work is is going well and we can get that new map here shortly. We'll be we'll see what the next one is. We got some rumors, but uh there's some cool ideas out there. And then the last piece of news, ranked arenas is going to be coming in Apex Legends season 10. How are you feeling about this? Are you excited? Yeah. Are you do you have any guesses for what the RP system might be? I feel like that's one of the biggest questions floating out there right now. Yeah, I mean, we're certainly going to be talking more about this as time mm -hmm. goes on before the season. Um, right now, I'm nervous that this is going to be a major selling point for season 10. Mm. And I hope that there's something else. Like, I don't want to say that, oh, you know, Arenas is old news because that's still this season that we're currently yeah. in is when Arenas was released. So by no means is that like irrelevant content. We want more. We want ranked Arenas. But... Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that for season 10, we can have something else, something big, some major map updates. You know, totally. We've been getting a lot of new weapons, but I'm holding out for something something fresh for the big 1-0. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, the big 1-0. It could be crazy. I mean, who knows if they'll call it 10. Uh -huh. might be called something else as sure. well. Like, you might go by the name instead. So 
There's a lot of options. With that, though, let's get into the main topic of the day, mastering Revenant. So the first question is, why now? Normally, <laughs> normally we do Mastering the Legends uh, with some sort of logical background in terms of it's a new legend, we're going to bring it out, and then maybe a legend that works well uh, with that legend or complements them in some way. Um, and Revenant, we've been dragging our feet on. We haven't talked about mm-hmm. them. We've just been pushing it back. And the reason for that is it's always been an interesting place in terms of the public debate on, oh, Revenant's OP or Revenant's irrelevant um, or just nobody really likes Revenant. Um, and we've kind of been holding out on the fact that Revenant will be getting a rework and that's when we'll do Master of Legends. There was so much talk about it, like, and rumors floating from so every dev that's active on Twitter. So I think we were in yeah. good sense to assume that maybe for a little bit. But now, seeing where Revenant is, having the heirloom out, having the update to the passive, I think, and we've talked about this on previous episodes recently, I think Rev is in a good place. And I mm-hmm. think now is a perfect time to discuss how to master them. And so we've been putting in some work, putting together this episode. I think it's going to be very educational. Revenant, as a spoiler, very hard legend to master. So I think this is going to be a valuable episode uh, for anybody regarding skill. Um, But also, it's interesting to point out that we're now two weeks post-Genesis. That's when the big update happened for Rev, and Revenant is losing consistently his popularity. But a few weeks after the event, he's still at double the pick rate as he was before. So this is a massive improvement and clearly an indication that playing Revenant is more fun than ever before. And I think, again, this is a great time to talk about uh, the murder bot. Let's do it. Let's break down the synthetic nightmare that spends his days hunting skin bags and planning on how to most hurt Loba. Uh, The legend that introduced simulacrums into the universe has had a major impact on the lore of the game and the meta of top tier players for a while now. So we're going to talk about Rev. We're going to talk about how to master it. And for anyone that is not familiar with this format, might be new to the show, uh, we go ability by ability, break down the functions, and then give some tips, essentially. We try to spend a good amount of time playing this legend before we uh, actually talk about him on the podcast so that's where i've come in with the ranked scene right now and playing as much rev as humanly possible i feel a little dirty about it sometimes but that's just kind of how you got to be if you're revving it so we'll get into it though that's right starting off with the passive stalker you crouch walk faster and climb walls higher pretty simple Revenant's crouch walking speed becomes the same as his walking speed, and Revenant can climb walls more than six times as high as normal legends. can also climb walls that are 25 25% faster that are very short because it takes longer for the climbing speed to decelerate. Okay, we've both played some revs since the update. Let's talk about the climbing because I think it's hilarious. Have you found anything that you couldn't climb yet? No, not yet. It's absolutely insane. Uh, If you're on social media, you've probably seen the crazy rev play over bunker on Kings Canyon where you can climb up and over and get across within your 30 seconds timeline. That's crazy for a game that has for a long time focused on not letting the unplayable parts of the game make an impact. And now with Rev and Valk, we're seeing that maybe not come to fruition. So... Very interesting. Let's go over some tips, though, for this passive. Really, the flanking master. With the ability to climb as high as possible and move silently at a great pace, Rev is just the best legend for being the teammate that moves to that flank silently. And that's just another aspect, though. If flanking is a big part of your kit, you're going to be needing to communicate with your team to pull it off effectively. In general, though, when you're Rev, stay crouched as much as possible. Sound is an incredibly important aspect of Apex Legends. Footsteps are a huge giveaway. Whether you're repositioning, healing, or looting, doing it while crouched gives you the chance for that unsuspecting player to wander upon you and lets you get the drop on them. It's a very, very nice ability, especially if you're one of those people that cranks the headphones to the absolute max. Also, 
very difficult ability. I'm still not fantastic at it, but I know that a lot of streamers will stay by this one. Crouch strafe when in gunfights. Crouching shrinks your hitbox. We know it. Henry's the Gibby main. He knows how much crouching is important. Yep, hide behind that gun shield. Decrease your hitbox, increase your speed. It's unnatural. It looks weird for people to fight against and can give you that edge in close quarters. And anything you can do in Thin Your Legends Abilities Kit to dominate in a gun game is going to be effective. Being crouched also increases weapon accuracy in the game for some guns. So normally you're slowed as a penalty. Uh, that's no longer the case. Also, taking creative routes to attack. The ability to climb anything possible allows Rev players to take fights in incredibly different ways. Enemies might be expecting those stairs, those zip lines, something. Make sure you are just doing whatever you can to. I use, I'm using the word outsmart your enemy, but I feel like this is a concept we could talk about here for a second where it's like you just need to think differently. It gives you the opportunity to say, I think that these people, the enemies, are going to be expecting me to do this. My legend allows me to do something completely different. If you get to shoot first in this game, we know that's the game over. Like, that's how you succeed in Apex Legends. Have you, since this change, experienced playing as Rev or against Rev, getting snuck up on at all a little bit more? Are people using it effectively on you, you think? Uh, it can be hit or miss. I can say from my experience and trying out Rev and playing more of them on these older maps, while we were able to have these highly urban fights with yep. Skull Town and Capital City, um, it could be very effective at uh, mm-hmm. being able to climb and surprise people. But now that we're back to Olympus and you know modern day uh, World's Edge, I think that you certainly need to be climbing as much as possible. This is so much different than a grapple or, you know, Valk's VTOL jets, because it's silent. Um, yep. And so you can take that to your advantage, but it also is more difficult to execute. And you can't grapple away if it doesn't go well. You can't mm-hmm. fly away if it doesn't go well. And so you need to be so in tune with your teammates that this flank or this surprising play is backed up by, you know, some sort of big ultimate or big additional thing because it's going to be difficult without suppressors in the game you can't actually be a stealthy assassin to the max Mm -hmm. so using that and thinking about it is really important if you move for the flank and you push up and then you hear through your comms i'm on a bat it's tough scenes at that point. Yeah. Everyone needs to be hitting at the same time. It's part of the difficulty. We're going to talk about rev strategies overall later. And we mentioned that already twice now, I think. Not easy. But you mentioned it for a second there. Most effective in city environments. That rings true 100%. Uh, I think rev is a much better legend when you're playing in urban cities, on the older maps, on these full buildings, every which way you can go. Get fun, though, and learn how to have some real creative climbing patterns. You'll have some success. This passive is really where the fun comes into play. Uh, it, be creative. Just have fun. Outsmart your opponents. I feel like that's the best way to use the passive for a long time. Uh, we were saying, we were told at least, that uh, unlimited climbing wouldn't be a huge deal for the game. And whether it is the reason for Rev's success or not, gives you opportunity to do something but I don't think anyone can deny how fun it is to just climb up anything that you see in the game. And then if you see a rev climbing up, they're freaking creepy as heck. So definitely watch out for those. Before we dive into the rest of Rev's kit with the tactical and ultimate, here's a word from our sponsors. Let's talk tactical now. The silence. You throw a device that deals damage and disables enemies' abilities for 15 seconds. 25 second cooldown you got two charges on that the silence is aimed and has that grenade style arc ui it shows you where it's going to land upon impact it then explodes leaves a lingering cloud for 10 seconds and the silence then deals 10 damage and disables abilities upon impact to an enemy or if walked through by enemies while it is still on the ground the silence only stops enemies from activating abilities, not ones in progress, such as Bathe in the Bluff as Bloodhound. Uh, but this does exclude Pathfinder's Grapple, Lifeline's Passive, Valk's VTOL Jets, and Gibby's Gun Shields. Those ones can be canceled by the uh, tactical. 
Silence is actually shot down by Watson's pylon, though, which is kind of an important thing to note because if you are reading the ability, disables enemies' abilities, you might be like, oh, I'm going to dominate that Watson pylon. Not the case. And additionally, Nox traps are set off by the silence. Caustic is definitely going to be a big threat to Revenant. We'll talk about that as well. But this is the closest thing we have in the game to a flashbang distorts vision in a very serious way for all players i know you and i did a 1v1 on a stream uh where we played both played revenant and we were both cracking up with how intensely blinding that silence is when there's four of them out there mm -hmm. uh, this is effective though it can be used to cover a push create chaotic combat in really close quarters environments use it to potentially get an extra heal off if you want to maybe pop it down and hide around it uh, or even a revive almost like a bangalore smoke in a way probably not going to be as effective as your smoke but this thing is seriously visually blinding and you might miss someone if you're looking directly at it especially if that rev is rocking a red and black skin and they're crouched uh, right in the center of it you can use the silence and grenade at the same time, which is kind of a fun little tip. This can be an effective and confusing tactic. The extra clutter on enemies' screens can get enemies to potentially not see that grenade icon and potentially load you up for a big uh, grenade. I think it is important to note, though, it's not a killing ability. You know, it does 10 damage. It's incredibly intimidating, but it's not going to kill people, so don't use it expecting to. I think you and I are both on the same page that Valk's ability is a little bit more of a killing ability than it given credit for. I think this is an even lower level on that by a good margin if we're comparing tacticals as the actual finishers in a person's kit. Maybe, maybe not. If someone's behind cover though, you use that silence, draw them out, blind them, remove their abilities. You're going to force movement. You're going to force action if someone's behind cover. And that's a very impactful ability in Apex Legends in of itself, forcing people to do something that they were not expecting. Uh, one of our favorite uses for this ability though is using it defensively, you know, as an area of control, crowd control effect. The silence lasts for 10 seconds and can be very much intimidating to cross. It allows you to block doors and pause combat temporarily, you know, get a heal off, run inside a building. You can do some really fun plays with this. It's a really hard ability to master, though, as the silence arc is kind of difficult, even with the UI to land at longer ranges uh, in comparison to, you know, an arc star or something. So using the ability at closer range is going to lend you to be a little bit more effective, especially as you work towards mastering this. What are maybe some of your thoughts on the going up against a rev silence theoretically yeah so going up against uh, a revenant tactical is incredibly scary i can think mm -hmm. of if you're watson fuse crypto it's not that scary yep everybody else it is crippling okay as well, a gibraltar game yeah. it, i lose the fight i will lose because you can't miss like i cannot get silenced or I'm dead. Similarly, mm -hmm. with anybody that has mobility, you are taking away like a pivotal pillar of their gameplay by silencing them. Yeah. I will add a couple of things. One being Revenant is an offensive legend. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I like to use the tactical as defensive. You know, mm -hmm. I need to heal or I need to do a res. I can put down a silence on the doorway or a staircase and it, people won't push. That's not 100% accurate. No. People will actually push through this. So you need to remember it's an offensive ability. You're not using it as a finisher. You're not using it mainly as defensive. But you're using it mid-combat in order to paralyze opponents, to throw them off their game, take away a major part of their gameplay. It's a serious ability. The other thing that I'll say is it's scary, but it's also a lot easier to use nowadays when they updated to having two of them. It means yep. that you can pretty much always be silencing. Essentially, if you're looking mm -hmm. at the numbers, you're looking at the amount of seconds that the individuals are cooled down. And then the fact that you can actually silence them for 15 seconds, you are constantly being able to silence if you're accurate with your placements. So being able to take away you know, phases, grapples, stems, gun shields. It's a very, very powerful ability that can really hurt a whole team's mechanic. And you have to be using this tactical 
to the best of your ability. I still think the most hilarious thing about this tactical is using it on a wraith who absolutely has a panic attack when they don't have their phase out. And I can't tell you how many times I have tacticaled a wraith and then the wraith does that thing where they're like, they're trying to hit left bumper. They're trying to use their tactical. And you know, if you're a crazy wraith, you try and spin around and do 360s to avoid bullets. There's been a couple of times you silence that wraith and then you just see a wraith that's just spinning around in circles for a second and you just know that you got to feel a little bad for them at that point. They were not ready for that ability at all to hit them. Yeah, it's really no joke. I think not enough players use the tactical to the best of its ability. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from this Mastering the Legends. Use the tactical as much as possible and you're going to have some success because it just it's scary. People aren't going to push you if they're silenced for the most part. Mm -hmm. And if you're pushing them, that's the nail in the coffin. Yeah. This is not going to be like a, like you mentioned it well, like it is not an ability that's like, okay, if I have two people knocked, I'm going to put this down and then the team's not going to send on me through it. Yeah. That is not the case at all. Like you will get pushed through it. But if it's a, you know, if it's an intense fight and you're trading knocks, this could be a good assistance to help you, you know, recoup and feel a little safer in your environment. And uh, it's crazy. We talk about flashbangs potentially being one of the most effective abilities that could be brought into Apex. This is the closest thing we have. And it's already overwhelming on the screen. We've been getting a lot of legend concepts in recently. Uh, dude, the flashbang would be a crazy addition to the game at this rate too much it's it's mm -hmm. i think it's a step too far and, and this tactical is definitely getting close to something like that where it does yeah. impair your vision um, and it takes away a lot of your utility let's talk about the uh the most defining part of rev's kit for better or for worse the one that gets everyone frustrated the death totem the ultimate you drop a totem protects users from death, and instead of getting killed or downed, you'll return to the totem upon losing your health. With a three-minute cooldown, the totem takes one second to place, lasts 30 seconds, and has 100 health. Both squad mates and enemies can use the totem one time, each to turn themselves into a shadow for 25 seconds. While you're in that shadow form, can't heal, and all damage taken goes directly to health instead of shields. Once you're killed, obviously teleport back, you return to that totem with 50 health or whatever the health you had when you activated it, if you were below 50, essentially, and other players, then they see a little trail towards the direction in which you are returned, um, just for an approximate cue to where the totem is placed. Here's where we'll talk about some tips for using the totem, which can be an incredibly powerful ability, but you have to have the best comms and be as close as possible when playing this game. Absolutely necessary to maximize the totem is being in the vicinity of you and your teammates. A two-person push, a one-person push is not going to be effective. It's three people. That is how you get the most out of the totem. Three people all close together already do the exact same thing. What are some tips maybe for having that totem be most effective though? Placement. Totem placement is incredibly important. Balancing how close you are to the enemies while making sure the totem is not in visual sight so that it's going to be shot or easily seen by maybe a third party coming in is very important. You know, behind walls, in buildings, those are like pretty simple tips. I think one of our favorite things is being on the high ground and toteming down on people. I would say that's probably the most effective use of Revenant's totem. And it should be noted that you don't actually get to preview where you place the totem so you actually do have to kind of get used to understanding the animation and getting used to the spacing so you can effectively place it but your placement is going to make a huge difference you obviously have limited time as a team in the totem and if you are not close if you're not on comms and that's an incorrect totem placement you might find yourselves thinking you have a free push and then time running out and finding yourself stuck in a pretty dang sticky situation at that point some other tips for the totem, make sure you're fully healed before entering. You take damage directly to your health. You want to have as much as you can have. And for an effective follow-up, you're going to want to have all of your shields. This ability is most effectively when partnered with mobility abilities. Mobility abilities, that kind of sounds a little fun. Love that. Uh, that'll allow you to get into the fight twice pretty quickly. 
Uh, we're going to talk more about team comp later and dive deeper into that. When you're in totem, be as aggressive as possible. You have a free life. When you when it's being used most effectively, the goal should be to focus in on one team and then focus in on one opposing player with that your entire team. Get one knock, finish that person, and then you force a three on two. I would say that if you're taking a three on two, your confidence goes through the roof in fights. So that's the goal with the totem. Get obviously you can have more if you want. If you want to go kill an entire team all on totem, good for you. You just did it with half the health that you normally did. That's not a very likely scenario. Your goal is to create an advantageous position for you in that second follow-up. Be crazy, be aggressive. You know, you have this freedom to risk your life. So do it. And you probably want to die while in totem. Dying towards the end of the totem is the, often the right thing to do. You do not want to be the last person that gets stuck out of totem and puts yourself in a 1v3. You know, whether that means standing still, letting yourself get shot to go back in a pretty sticky situation. And I also have seen a, a lot of people recommending, and I've had some success doing it as well, carrying a thermite grenade. You can throw it at your feet if you really, really need to uh, to send yourself back if time's running out and you and your team just aren't coordinated. This is probably going to be more useful of a tool if maybe you're solo queuing with Rev, which we are not going to be recommending for you at all. Using the totem to third-party a team that's not fully healthy allows you to just no risk. No risk, and that's the biggest advantage of this ability. I think that's a pretty crazy thing. And one thing I found that was kind of interesting through some research, Octane still heals while he's in the totem, which I did not know until we uh, started preparing for this episode, which is kind of a fun fact as well. Maybe that plays into the revtainment. <laughs> yeah, it certainly may. You know, the fact that you can have all your abilities while in death protection makes this totally. very strong as well. So being able to have mm -hmm. the passives, being able to have the tacticals um, is major and also the ultimates. Um, I'll add that this is a very difficult ability to use effectively. The situation 100%. that Shay outlined in that you want to get a knock and a finish, and then everybody gets sent back. If it's not that, it's a failure. Like, if it's not that, this ultimate can quickly become a disadvantage. If mm -hmm. all three people aren't hitting it at about the same time, this can completely, you know, split the team apart um, if the placement is not good and you can get run up behind and they destroy the totem and then you're just left for dead out in the open acting mm -hmm. way too reckless because you thought you had protection and if you aren't focusing your shots then you're just slowing up the gameplay and wasting heals at the very mm -hmm. least and that's not good you know if your team has to waste three med kits in order to get one knock that then becomes a res like that's a waste. And on top mm -hmm. of that, it's a very oppressive ultimate to have done to you. It can feel very yes. bad, but keep in mind, I know you want to use the ultimate. I want to use the ultimate as much as possible. It's on 180 second cooldown. You can use it quite often, but yep. if you're using the ultimate and wiping the team right there, you didn't need to use it. And mm -hmm. by using it, you put yourself at risk, actually, because if the fight was going to not take that long and you went in there and just finished it up, you, could, you can't send yourself back to Totem. And so you could be sitting there looting, still in death protection, and then people come in and you know destroy your life and you're not safe at all. Um, it can be pretty scary. So there's a lot of situations where I think the Totem is too risky to use. But if you're very smart, and I think you're a little bit restrained in your use of it, it can just be the most powerful ultimate in the game that is unbeatable. And that's that's the troubling part it as well. Is. We talked about with crypto, like in a very similar frame where it is a incredibly difficult ability to maximize. And so when that's the case, when you have to maximize an ability to get the most out of it, and the ceiling is incredibly high, you run into our revenant issue that I think a lot of people are you know, struggling with where in the high level lobbies of ranked, it can be very oppressive. Everyone's using Revtain and it's just overwhelming. But then, you know, like you mentioned, there's so many cons that for the majority of players, Revenant is not the reason everyone's dying. And so how do you balance that? Uh, 
that's not what we're kind of discussing today. We're discussing how to maximize as is, but I think it is, he's just such a polarizing legend for that skill cap reason. Yeah. I think it was really funny because we talked about a long time ago uh, when back when the wingman was an incredible, incredibly skill weapon and just had this crazy ceiling. They said, we can't make weapons that are really easy to use for the, the casual players because then the pros can just dominate with them. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a situation like that in a legend. A lot easier to change a weapon than it is to change a legend. So that's kind of, I think, maybe one of the roots of our issues. Let's talk some strategies, though, for Rev. Obviously, you mentioned it, but it needs to be reiterated. Play together. Pick your moments. Be aggressive. Play together, though. That's the key with this team. I think totem pushes early game are going to be most effective for you. The later into the game you go and the smaller the ring in competitive games, I'm caveat. So there's a lot of teams left in these smaller rings. The more likely it then becomes that a team will take your totem spot, essentially, where if they hear you, that totem is very loud. They hear you push another team. They'll go move to where your totem is, knowing that they're now taking an advantageous fight. And that's just another thing. You have to be so smart about when and where to use it. It's a very, very difficult ability. But yes, play into your abilities. Stay crouched. Climb. Take fights from alternate angles. That can gain you the upper hand as Rev and maximize that totem to the best you can as a team. Yeah, he's a tricky legend. He is a tricky legend. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. A lot of people might call out and say, you know, he's stealth. And you have to be mm-hmm. using that crouch in order to surprise your enemies because of the decreased footstep noises. Um, we don't necessarily take that stance because we don't think you should be going out by yourself, you know, to no. being, you know, isolated. Even if you're silent, you know, 1v3, 1v2, Revenant's not that good. So he's mm-hmm. a very strong legend, but it's very hard to outperform, even with the element of surprise. Um, it could be hard. The best thing about his crouch strafe is the silence in those random building fights where people are below and above you and everyone's doing everything they can to try and get that little piece of knowledge and just using it in one-on-one like close range combat. It's anything that can get you a slightly upper hand and that's a smaller hitbox and a Mm -hmm. speed that people are not used to uh for a crouch player and that's a really cool combo uh, but very difficult to do it requires you to already be an effective uh crouch shooter because increasing your speed for the same reason we say yeah. with octane when you're cr- like when you're uh strafing back and forth is not easy to do that's going to require you some practice and just adding into the difficulty of playing rev it really is before we go into team compositions say you have a successful revel and you're able to get a knock and uh, a limb, and you all three get sent back. What do you recommend? Should people be popping syringes, med kits, nothing, staying, pushing? What would you say? Yeah, so this is what comes in with the communication from your team. You need to be on such a good communication basis to the point where you know the exact amount of damage essentially if people are going if you go in all together in totem and you say i did 100 to player x i did 120 to player y and i did 40 to someone else like if i if you put out really good damage i say you go back in and follow that up we'll say how you do that with the team comp pretty much though if you are not playing with the octane i find it very hard to do a quick follow-up and in that case you're using that totem as kind of a one trick and then heal up and reset the fight and that's kind of where i think some of the power in the kit comes from It, it can be really hard and initially you know the different health benefit that you got when going back to totem was much much less now you do get an extra 50 health but you have to weigh in your mind am i better off going in with 100 health enemy has 200 and then coming back at 150 and they Mm -hmm. were able to heal up at 200 you know so it's not all advantages even though you have protection Mm -hmm. on the first round are you going to win the gunfight comes down to playing together playing smart he's probably the most team-oriented legend in the game to be effective and that's pretty crazy and we see that because of that there is this 
incredible ceiling with his ability and there is also a very very low floor at the exact same time let's talk team comps we've danced around it a little bit uh but there is one that shines above everything else and that's you know the revtane what everyone loves to say it's a topic of discussion right now everywhere on social media i think octane and revenant is the number one pairing if you're trying to make that totem as effective as possible like i'll be honest i can't remember the last time i've played as or with a revenant and not played an octane if i queue with a random and they choose rev i'll pick octane regardless of who i was originally going to play just because it adds such a, an increased level of effectiveness when you hit that totem with the octane and rev you want to get to the enemy as quickly as possible and without taking damage that's the other key thing so straight pushing across the ground you know walking running that leaves you very vulnerable and and this is why the pad is so good it lets you make these pushes with an incredible amount of height, speed, and unpredictability. We talked about the Octane pad recently on the angles that you can take fights from and how interesting it is because of doing so. It is the top tier ability to partner with Rev. And beyond everything else, it allows you to follow up faster than everyone else in the game. The other legends that I think people talk about pairing Octane or pairing Revenant with Wraith Portal allows you to kind of have a quick attack. But the unfortunate thing about it, two-way street. The portal is one of the few abilities that actually gets a change as well from the totem. You players cannot use Wraith's Dimensional Rift for two seconds after returning to the totem. Kind of a fun little nerf there. I wonder if we'll see something like that for Octane uh, potentially going in. I think that Wraith is a very interesting case because like you discussed and we've talked about, if things go wrong for you and you don't have a good totem, you all of a sudden just gave the opposing team a path to then taking a fight where they know they're up 50 health, theoretically, if they laser you guys very effectively. There's definitely some risk with that Wraith. Pathfinder as well. Similarly, the zipline can let you attack height, which is kind of a nice bonus, but you're pretty vulnerable when you're zipping on a zipline and as well can be followed back up. It's a two-way street. And I've heard some people talking about Valk, uh, using the Valk ult to be very aggressive at just ridiculous ranges. I tried so much because I thought this would be the coolest play if you could do it. it is just There's not enough time to pull it off effectively and you end up wasting that totem going out of it pretty much every single time. Before we go into that third teammate, do you want to share some thoughts maybe on these mobility legends that are a good partner with Rev and some of the Octane meta stuff at all? Yeah, I mean, I think that using the totem while you're in high ground is ideal. I think that's the best scenario. Maybe not placing down the totem, hitting it, and then using the Valk ultimate. That doesn't really work. But if you can do it in reverse, use the Valk ultimate in order to get the high ground, then place the totem totally. to go down. I think that's a great bet. Um, Mobility-wise, I think you have to have one. And just like you said, I can't not recommend Octane because that jump pad is the most powerful ultimate in the game as it stands right now. Yep. We recently did a, a Valkyrie versus Verticals episode for our patrons, and that was a major point where how do you compare mm -hmm. anything to the jump pad? It's so, so powerful, and you couple it with Rev, and you have your best chance. Yep. It's, uh, it's speed and height. That's a pretty incredible combo. I think a lot of people would assume in a legend-based game, you get one of those, you know, you either get to go very fast or you get to go very high. That's what every other legend in the game gets to do. Octane is the exception to that. And that's why it can be a very oppressive combo when someone just kind of shows up out of nowhere and you had no idea. Because you can start using that totem from a lot further ranges when you have an ability that can project you that far. Mm -hmm. For the third teammate, uh, you have a little bit of freedom here around this third, uh, but we're going to recommend Bloodhound. That's always a recommendation for team comps, uh, and that is because with Bloodhound, you have your scan. We talked a little bit about identifying maybe a straggler. So if you're scanning another team and you say, hey, that person is separated from the pack, well, let's rev on them and let's create a three on two. No other legend is going to get you the intel as fast and in combat as needed like bloodhound so when you pull that off correctly it's a really great combo uh, and then another honorable mention is i think gibby just incredible versatility as a legend in general but if you get into a situation where maybe your totem was uh in a precarious position 
and you were in sight of someone else when you left and you come back through and maybe there's some shots being taken at you, no other legend in the game is going to get you at least 10 seconds to think about what your next move is. That's the that's the team comp for perspective, sure. though. Do you have anything else to throw yeah, in? I mean, we didn't mention crypto, you know, and, and no. that was on purpose. I think that throwing crypto in there, the Rev Octane Crypto, uh, you know, in the past has been dominant. I think you need a little more utility. You know, you don't have to crack their shields. It is a very good strategy, but given that the Revenant Ultimate is so risky, you need some mm-hmm. insurance. And Bloodhound or Gibraltar give you that insurance. And so I think that's a fair recommendation to leave crypto out of it for best practices. You know, if mm-hmm. if you're a predator and you know you're in sync and you have a very high success rate with the totem, then yes, that can just, you know, make people quit the game. Yep. <laughs> but I think that given the risk, it's not great to add another layer of risk and no protection. Mm-hmm. So Bloodhound Gibby, I think that's your kind of your best team comp as a the as risk a is the risk is a huge portion, like you're saying, and it's difficult. It's already difficult to make a rev push. We talked about in the last mastering how difficult a crypto is on its own. Add in two more variables yeah. of movement and a totem, and it's yeah, it can be like you said, make people quit the game when it happens to them. Uh, I haven't had it happen in a long time, though. I've had revs jump on me, but I have not had that crypto all at the same time uh, as of late. But to kind of wrap things up here, rev difficult legend requires an intense level of team coordination to reach that ceiling and can be incredibly effective if done correctly. Rev's recent buff, I really think, has added a lot more fun into his kit with that climbing and makes soloing him actually, you know, feasible. Like, we are not going to recommend it, but now you have, like, something kind of a bit more fun in his kit. And we're hoping that that's a reason that keeps his pick rate up from where he was because I think the goal is for everyone that gets a change to accomplish something. For Rev, it was to increase that pick rate a little bit and potentially not increase the wins and stuff as well and the oppressiveness. Rev's in a really cool spot right now. We said it at the intro. Um, Whether you're listening and think that he should have some reworks around the ult or not, that's a very different discussion and one we had on the Patreon episode. So feel free to uh, check it out over there if you'd like to. Certainly worthwhile. With that, though, we're going to wrap it up with some five-star questions. If you want your question answered, leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll make sure it is featured on the show. First question coming from JD Sniper. Hey guys, just wanted to say I love the two episodes a week. I have two questions. One is why don't the devs make the collection event gives you give you heirloom shards instead of a specific heirloom that a lot of people may not like? If the collection event gives heirloom shards that, then it gives people more incentive to spend money on the collection event so they can get any heirloom they want. My other question is, wouldn't you consider having the gaming merchant on the show? He's a great guy and knows a ton about Apex gameplay and lore. Thanks, guys, and keep up the great work. Yeah, I mean, that's a really great question. On the shards, I think they did it once for the anniversary event. It was very much a special kind of thing, and I think that was intentional. We really want to feature the heirloom that is coming out that is new, and putting it in the collection event does so. I think a lot of people out there would obviously prefer to get shards and get everything they want, but if you've bought a lot of the heirlooms before it might not stop you that it's a new one versus shards and in that case you might just be if you're gonna buy one heirloom well now you have a guaranteed shot and you know it'll make it a lot more special when you get to buy it along with the rest of the collection event that theoretically themes up with the heirloom but you'd get no complaints from me if you said hey let's give everybody shards instead yeah i love the idea and i think it could perhaps generate more revenue But I think Mm -hmm. the reason that we don't see this is because it doesn't fall in line with the monetization strategy. It it just doesn't because Mm -hmm. the typical Apex player doesn't have an heirloom and doesn't buy the collection events. They have an open 500 packs. So by changing it around, I don't think that that typical player is going to spend more money. The current monetization is there's a lot, there's a, a concentrated few that spend a lot of money by having the heirlooms in the collection event as is, they accomplish making that big sale again um, and keeping it fresh. So I think that's the strategy. But like Shay said, I would love it. Yeah, totally. And second question, gang merchant, we're huge fans. 
absolutely huge fans would love to have him on the show. Uh, he's been invited. JD Sniper, you, yep. he has a, and if you're listening now for some reason, gaming merchant, you're always invited to come on the show. That's right. Next question coming from XDJ. Hey, I've been a player since the Chaos Theory event, and I love this podcast and the game. Great streams too. I just have a few questions. One, how do you feel about a potential ranked arenas? Two, how do you feel about Apex implementing a campaign mode? Three, do you think Bangalore's brother Jackson could become a future legend, or maybe a legend who could have a wall run? Four, do you think Rev's buff should have been while running? Okay, you ready to tackle these one by one? Let's do it. Number one, potential ranked arenas. Mentioned a little bit in the intro. Got any other crazy thoughts you want to add on though? We're into it. It's booked. Mm -hmm. Number two, how do you feel about Apex implementing the campaign mode? Love it. Close things, probably the comics, but yeah. Love it. A playable quest, something like that. I'd love to see it. Number three, do you think Bang's brother Jackson could become a future legend? we've been hearing rumors about this kind of idea for a while now. Like this is kind of like the one that's like, Oh, it'd be cool to bring in this family Uh, in lore. You know, the dude fell off a building, but there or fell off a ship, but there's been hints that he might not have uh, passed away. So we could theoretically see it. And I would love to see lore like that come into the game. It'd be a twist for sure. What are your thoughts on wall running though as well? Yeah, we've talked about it before. Um, you know, a couple of seasons back, the maps aren't necessarily built for it as is, but it's an interesting idea that could give you a, a degree of added mobility. But I think like Valkyrie, you'd need multiple passives in order to really mm-hmm. make it a good legend. I don't think you could rely on a wall running alone to be powerful without a lot of other bells and whistles. Yeah. And that leans into the last question as well. I think Rev's buff is good as is. I don't think wall running would have been as effective uh, unless we get a new map where the wall running was built for it, essentially. So that's kind of where we're at with that. But really fun questions. Thank you, XDJ. That's going to wrap up the show, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>